Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, and thanks for joining us for our monthly podcast here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, Anala Advanced Certified Paralegal, calling in from Charlevoix, Michigan, where I work as a paralegal at Running Wise and Ford. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and publish Paralegal Strategies, a weekly e-newsletter. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com. Uh, and for any of our listeners who are not already getting Vicki's weekly e-zine, it's a wonderful perk during the week, and I suggest that you go to her website and subscribe. I'm Lynn Deveni, a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal. I work for a small law firm, Elliot Pishko Morgan, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I specialize in workers' compensation and serious civil injury claims. I did co-author a book with my boss, Workers' Compensation Practice for Paralegals that is available at Amazon. And I blog for paralegals and anybody else who's interested in paralegals at practicalparalegalism.com. Thanks for that plug for Paralegal Strategies, Lynn. I appreciate that. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics that are important to the paralegal industry and also share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources that we think you'll find helpful in your careers and in your everyday jobs. We also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics. On today's show, we are so excited to be talking to our guest, Nancy Byerly-Jones, who will share some great career tips for paralegals. Nancy is an attorney, mediator, and management consultant who serves law firms, business leaders, families, and individuals nationwide as a solutions and change facilitator and coach. She presents workshops, and I've been lucky to attend many of those, and seminars nationally, and is a widely published author on law office topics, including her regular column for Lawyers USA. Prior to law school, she worked for many years within North Carolina law firms in a variety of positions, including paralegal and law office manager. Since graduating from law school, Nancy has shared her expertise in a number of positions, including adjunct professor of law at Campbell University School of Law, management counsel for the North Carolina State Bar, and executive director of its Lawyers Management Assistant Program and also vice president risk manager for Lawyers Mutual of North Carolina. Nancy lives with her husband on a mountainside ranch in the northern mountains of North Carolina, and they live there with their horses, miniature donkeys, dogs, and one very, very tough cat. Nancy, welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Can you tell us a little bit about the kinds of consulting services you offer to law firms, especially in regard to law office management? Absolutely, and what an a wonderful pleasure and opportunity to be with both of you who I so highly respect. So thank you again for, for that opportunity. But my services are, are very broad and varied. First and foremost, uh, when I'm working with law firms, the attorneys and staff, and, and I don't take law firms as clients who will not 
let me work with all the staff as well. Unless I'm doing a specific mediation for a partner dispute or teaching a workshop just to attorneys or, or whatever. But if I'm doing a broader based service, um, it is a requirement for me that I'm able to work with every critical member of the team and that's every staff member and every attorney. But it's very customized to solutions for each client that I take, but all of our issues or many of the issues we share and stresses and challenges, as the psychiatrist would tell us to call them, uh, in our law firms, of course, are universal, but each firm has a unique personality because all we humans who make up the firm have our own unique personalities. So a huge part of, of my mission and, and, and what I owe all of my clients is to customize the solutions to what may be universal challenges, but the right solutions for, solutions for them. Um, it's very broad. It ranges from staff and attorney CLE-type programs, one-on-one -on -one coaching for things like organizational skills, communicating more effectively with clients and attorneys, coworkers, and career planning. Uh, I may be working with the leadership on strategic planning. I, I teach a simplified strategic planning method, which seems to work much better than a complex, uh, voluminous plan. I do a lot of risk management. That's at the heart of my background. And just general health checks, as I call them, or assessments of what's working and what not in firms so we can capitalize on our strengths and fix those things that might need attention, uh, deleting, or, or overall change. Um, and then, as I mentioned, uh, I bring my mediating skills into helping people get beyond their differences, find the right solutions, whether that's employees that are disputing over something or not getting along or, or partners themselves. Uh, maybe too long, maybe too short, but that's a recap of my world. Well, Nancy, I, uh, I I like it that you work with all of the staff. I think that's really important. Now, in your opinion, how has the paralegal profession changed over the past 25 years? Oh, what a great question. There, There's certainly plenty of changes we've all seen if, if we're hate ourselves for those of us been out there that long, and I certainly have. Um, I, you know, if I when I have to narrow it down, uh, I look at the three R's. I think... Three of the biggest changes uh, under my three R's is that paralegals have more respect. They finally, they earned it a long time ago, but they are finally receiving more respect from others within the legal field as well as clients, people outside of the legal field. The other R, the second R would be the um, huge increase of responsibilities for paralegals. Um, y'all, I'm sure have seen, excuse the y'all, I do not charge to teach my Southern dialect uh, on these programs. But <laughs> That's great. But the y'alls will slip out. They will do that. But but the, the responsibilities, I know everyone listening, uh, if they've been out there long enough, remembers how the word paralegal, and it still is defined differently by different firms, but it's so nice to see overall pretty much that responsibilities have increased. The trust factor has increased, in other words, of what re re paralegals can do. And of course, that means attorneys are delegating better, not all, but many have learned the value of delegation to the right person and the right paralegal. Um, and, and so respect and the increase in responsibilities are certainly others. And then the 
wide web of networking and educational, and I put this under the R of resources for paralegal, another huge change in the last 25 years. Your resources are so much broader than they used to be through networking, through education opportunities, and things like that. Nancy, I agree with you 100%. In fact, I was just emailing a paralegal today who has started a very informative uh, website just talking about how much I think the virtual resources available to paralegals have changed a great deal, even in the last five years. Right. Um, and having you know said that, and of course, technology has played a big role in that, um, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing paralegals today? Oh, wow. Now, that's a to narrow down because they're always, just as soon as we dilute or get rid of one challenge, we're fortunate enough that there are plenty more on our plate coming all the time. Uh, Narrowing it down to three top challenges, I think, would be facing paralegals today is attitudes would be one of them. It's nothing new. Uh, attitudes, uh, keeping your attitude in the right place, keeping yourself in the right place, your ego in the right place. And those attitudes range from uh, the arrogance we've all seen, the egos just uh, off the charts, to attitudes such as, I'm not going to change and you can't make me, uh, you know, no, a refusal to change, to learn new skills, and no ambition to learn new things, at which we're all having to do if we're going to stay in the game uh, almost every day, certainly every month, there are new, new things to learn. So attitudes would be a big challenge, I think, facing paralegals. Nothing new there. Always been uh, challenges with attitudes. Second, I think, would be... I mean, who cannot say this, but the fast-changing technology, not only in our law offices and personal lives, but in the courtroom, um, we must know our firm's policies. And if our firm's leadership do not know the firm's policies on these big issues in technology, social media, and et cetera, then we should be the initiators. Boy, that word came out crazy. But the initiators and saying we need a policy, we need clear guidance, let us help you write it as paralegals. Uh, But attitudes, fast-changing technology, some of the biggest challenges. And third, if I were narrowing this down to a tight list, would be the challenges of tighter budgets everywhere uh, mean that we need to help our firms find ways to trim costs, but we also need to be working much harder at showing the value of our paralegal profession. Uh, We must work harder than ever because tighter budgets mean, you know, that there, there are uh, people who are let go, uh, downsizing, all of that. We've heard the war stories. Um, you know, so so I think those would be my top three. Again, I know that's a hard list to narrow down and uh, a lot of things should be on it. But I think what I see, those would be the top three. Now, Nancy, I know you recently gave the keynote address. It was titled Enhancing and Maintaining the Value of Paralegals. And you gave that at the North Carolina Bar Association Paralegal Division's annual conference. What are some of the ways paralegals can enhance the profession? Well, again, a long list. Um, and if, 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 is it okay to give a website um, to mention that my paper for that annual conference is on my website? Is that a okay sure, thing? Absolutely. To everyone? Yeah. I was getting ready yeah, to mention that. It's on my home page. If you go to the bottom of my home page at lawbusinesstips.com, 
there's a link down there that I've left up since the annual conference, cleaned it up a bit to say that the conference is now over, but um, it is a link to the materials that I shared when I talked about enhancing and maintaining the value of paralegals at that conference. So we'll hit some of the highlights in answer to your question, but the longer list is certainly uh, there on the website uh, for anyone's reading if they so choose, along with a lot of related materials uh, that I felt were important to perhaps review and, and look at as well. Oh, my, that list, um, it was so hard just to narrow down for your program. But I think first and foremost, to enhance and maintain our value as, or your value as paralegals, you've got to love what you do. It's the old passion, um, the word. You've really got to have the passion for your work, you know, and empathy and compassion for those who really pay the wages, and that's our clients. Um, if we don't feel that passion, if we don't feel the compassion uh, for, for the clients and, and what the firms and each of you are doing for the clients each and every day, well, I think, first of all, there's no way you're going to be able to um, – <laughs> enhance and maintain the value of, of your great profession, uh, and plus life's too short to be where you're not working without that passion. Um, professionalism, you know, unfortunately, we all know people who think it's something we can do on and off when we feel like it, and when we don't, we can turn it off. I disagree totally. I think paralegals or any of us working in the legal field, we need to accept the fact and believe in the fact not just accept it, but believe it and live it, that professionalism is not something we turn on and off at, at the office door or, or at our own choosing. It's a 24-7 commitment, and we're always representing our firm, and we're always representing all the paralegals out there as, as professionals. So I think that's another biggie for maintaining and enhancing the value. Things that I think are overlooked that don't help the value of paralegals is when paralegals don't think take uh, things such uh, seriously, such as risk management. It's so easy to say there when it's talking about reducing the risk of malpractice claims or ethical violations. It's easy to say, oh, let the partners worry about it or let the administrator worry about it. It's someone else's job. Um, I think paralegals and everyone working under uh, the legal system should take risk management far more seriously than they do and realize it's Every one of us, every one of us has a responsibility to minimize those risks. Marketing is another thing. Conflict resolution. How are we getting along with others? How do we settle differences and communicate? Again, it's so easy for all of us to point fingers at other people. But if we're going to enhance paralegals as a profession and keep their value up there, we, we of course, need to be the best communicators we can be. And there's not a one of us, this gal included, who can't always be improving our communication skills and, and talents there. Stress management, who doesn't need to do better at that? We all have full plates. We live in a 90-mile-per-hour world, and we cannot, not for long anyway, uh, enhance our profession, uh, do our part in enhancing if we're heading toward complete burnout ourselves. We know it when we are, and we know what to do to minimize that. Uh, it's just that we think we can just keep going like the Energizer Bunny, and uh, it's just not so. We, we need to take care of ourselves to take care of everything else in the best way we can. Um, you know, respecting everyone in the legal field, uh, I'm sure everyone listening has seen that paralegal or want more, more than one who thinks they're better than the other people because of their paralegal title. 
boy, does that uh, destroy the the team effort and atmosphere in a firm. And uh, we've just got to find more respect. Those people that have that attitude need to get over it or get out of being a paralegal because it hurts all of us, all of you. I keep saying us because before law school, I was a paralegal, uh, was a legal staff member for about 12 years before law school, and wouldn't trade those years for anything. They're highly valuable to me. Been there, walked the path, um, and and no one could appreciate and respect all legal assistants uh, more than this old gal does. But respect for each of us, no matter what our title, no matter what our uh, educational degree might be hanging on the wall. We've got to find that respect and truly feel it so that we can be the best legal system and legal teams that we can be. I think, you know, one of the things I had on my uh, list as well is, um, you know, a willingness to do what's in the firm's best interest with a great attitude. Now, it may not be on our job descriptions, uh, and that's where the, the truly professional paralegal is not worried about that. They want to get the job done, even if they must do something not on their job description or something they some might say is beneath them as a paralegal. Uh, if all of us, if the leaders aren't making decisions in the best interest of the firm, but are rather making decisions on what's best for me, 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 or if the paralegals and other staff members are have the same attitude of what's best for me, not what's best for the firm, then obviously there's not going to be any ongoing success factor in that firm. So that's why it's important to work for the right firm, have passion in what we do, and that, that attitude of, you know what, even if it's not my job, if there's something to be done and I'm the best one to do it at this moment in time, by gosh, by golly, let's get it done and do it with a great attitude. More things on my list um, on the website if, if anyone wants to look at it or, or I'll go further or answer any questions uh, the two of you may have. Okay. Now that's lawbusinesstips.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. We have to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Nancy Byerly-Jones. Introducing Westlaw Deposition Services. Our team will arrange the deposition logistics for you anywhere in the world. Our court reporters are certified live note reporters, making them the very best real-time reporters available. Our professional video production team produces trial-ready video, digitized and synced to the transcript. Experience the Westlaw Deposition Services difference so you can focus on the essential aspects of your work. To schedule a deposition, call 1-800-548-3668 or visit westlawdepositions.com. Engage your brain. Keep up with the fast pace of the legal profession. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all of our great legal podcasts. They're free. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and our guest today is Nancy Byerly Jones, an attorney, mediator, and management consultant who serves law firms, business leaders, families, and individuals nationwide as the Solutions and Change Facilitator Coach. Nancy, uh, in your experience and being a paralegal and working directly with a lot of paralegals as part of your work, what are some of the common mistakes that paralegals make which both decrease their value and could derail their career advancement? 
And how do you suggest that they deal with this? Some of their common mistakes, I think, is when, and, and make sure I'm answering on point with what you're thinking here, but I think the poor attitudes, going to go back to that, uh, just hit so many of those. The failure to be uh, given 100%. You know, those days we don't feel like giving 100%. And, you know, the the failure to go that extra mile when it's called for. The failure to be open to change and learning new skills and new ideas. And, you know, just not wanting to be a good team player with, with others. Um, and, I, and I also think in this day and time with tight budgets and increased malpractice risk because of even tighter budgets um, and more sophisticated clients, et cetera, uh, you know, that, that looking for ways to, you know, avoid to risk management. I think it's a common mistake to think that's someone else's job and not yours to make sure you're doing everything you can to reduce the risk. Uh, there's so many, but attitude, poor communications, um, you know, would certainly be at the top of my list. Now, Nancy, I, I think that one thing paralegals need to do is always treat the business of, of the law firm as though it were theirs. And I don't mean take over. I just mean have pride in your work and, and work like you would as if it were your own. So I, th- I think that's really important. But how can um, paralegals uh, you know, constructively handle conflict at work, especially with, with other staffers? You're, you're a mediator. How do you suggest that? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me go back to what you just said, though, about handling business as if it were their own firm. One step further, I, all of us, again, I'm talking to myself as well, we also always, I, I, I think we should all have a little tag up that says, what if I were the client? And right. in other words, what what if I were the client, how would I want this paralegal or staff member or attorney handling my affairs? Would I want them to not like filing, so do it rushed and things might be misfiled? Would I want them to treat me with respect and courtesy and compassion? So I, I would just throw that into what you said. Um, back now, if you just repeat your question, uh, it's about communicating when we don't get along. Well, right. How do we, you know, avoid conflict with other staffers and not get involved and and caught up with office politics? Yeah, I think the first way is to really make sure we're not participating in the gossip. And I get a lot of people who say, I don't. I never talk about other people. And the next question I ask is, do you listen to others talk about other people, put them down, you know, complain? Because in my opinion, we're still participating if we're active listeners. So I think one of the first ways is to truly disengage ourselves from listening or talking negatively about others. Secondly, we need to go to the source. If we have a disagreement or we're not getting, excuse me, getting along with someone, then go to them privately and try to work it out between the two of you if possible. If that doesn't work, then you might want to try putting your your concerns in writing with some proposed solutions. And that is a key thing of what I'm saying here. I don't think any of us should gripe about anything in a law firm or anything about another person unless we're also willing to go that extra mile and come up with one, two, three potential solutions to the issue at hand. Um, now, there's a lot of other ways that, you know, sometimes you do need to pull in a third party who's objective and neutral to help work through your differences, like an informal mediation. I do a lot of that with my clients uh, to help people get beyond their disputes. But if nothing else, 
we shouldn't just let one day after another turn into months, turn into a year of ignoring someone, not speaking to them, feeling hostile toward them without trying to resolve those differences. That's absolutely poison to the whole firm and no need for me to explain how it makes all of us feel if we're involved in one of those situations. Uh, Nancy, I totally agree with you. Uh, Nobody wants to go to work and feel like they're in a junior high school environment. And so many of the times just quietly pulling somebody aside and talking to them directly could keep the situation from getting a lot worse. Yeah, um, and the same old, you know, it's not I, no, no attacks there, just letting them know how you feel and, and some solutions to the issue. So it shouldn't be just an attack on that person, really. In other words, prepare yourself for that conversation and, and have the courage to have it. I think they recommend that in marital counseling, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You frequently talk about appropriate work attire, and with business casual on the rise and more options creating a greater risk of making bad choices, what are some of the common fashion pitfalls that uh, paralegals should avoid, maybe where they get sort of borderline but don't quite all the way get to where they need to be? You know, this does not make some people happy, but uh, to me, it's so easy to know if our, our dress is more inclined toward the cocktail hour um, where flirting is allowed and however we want to look our best is allowed versus being true professionals. All women know, uh, for the women listening, all of us know the experience, or most of us certainly do, of talking to someone who's not looking us eyeball to eyeball but at other parts of the body. And, you know, we need to dress, I'm not saying like nuns with the habit on, but we do need to dress professionally. And I've had a lot of beautiful and, you know, wonderful people who have come to me in tears and talked about uh, they're just not treated respectfully. They're not treated as professionals. They're not included in this or that. Coworkers don't like them or whatever. And they're just people with great skills and they're sitting there with hurt almost up to their you-know-what and uh, low-cut tops wondering why they're not treated professional. Now, in no way is that excusing the people who don't treat them professional because of how they're dressed. That's, I'm not going there. On the other hand, let's dress to, you know, let's, let's think about how we're dressing and, and do the things we can do to keep everyone's mind on, on work and the mission we have to do. And I, I do think we have a huge responsibility to think about that. Another crazy example, um, for, for many of my clients, I've had these glass-type conference tables uh, that I, 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 you know, we're sitting around working. I need to think about what, you know, what I'm wearing when you've got glass that people can look through and, and to make sure I'm not sitting there very unladylike or anything. That's my job. Um, once I know the, you know, the scene and the circumstances and all of that, does any of that make sense to you? It's, it's a hard, tough, controversial issue, but, but I don't think we take enough responsibility. No, I, you're right, Nancy. Now, I've noticed a, a frequent topic in online listservs and discussion groups is, is boredom on the job. Do you have advice uh, for paralegal for a paralegal who's either not challenged at work or feels underutilized? Uh, another great question. Yes, I do. I think if you are bored, then again, be very resourceful yourself. It's it's like being in a hospital these days where we have to be very proactive about our own care, and if we're not able to have someone there who will be our advocate. 
I think we need to always be looking for ways that we could um, contribute uh, that, again, may not be on our job descriptions, but we can contribute to the firm, come up with ideas that you can propose as food for thought for the supervisors. But you want to feel challenged. You do not want to be underutilized. Now, with all of that said, another system that I know works well, but a lot tell me they haven't tried, but with success when they do, is to put your thoughts and ideas, remember, always add some solutions, proposed solutions, in writing. Give that to your supervisor and give them time to digest it at their convenience, not hitting them at a busy time when they can't talk. Give it to them in writing. Make sure you follow up in a week or 10 days, whatever is appropriate, uh, to make an appointment to further discuss what you have given them time to uh, think about and digest in the privacy and at their convenience uh, to, to further the conversation along. But first and foremost, come in with some proposed ideas of how you could be better utilized and why you think you are under-challenged. We've got to come in with specific examples because the attorneys and the people supervising us are very, have full plates as well. So let's help give them ideas. It may not be the idea that's finally decided on, but will certainly help stimulate a good conversation and hopefully resolution sooner than later. And I agree with you, Nancy. And I don't think the uh, the words "I'm bored" should come out of anybody's uh, mouth. Maybe I'm seeking more challenges in my day to day workflow. Um, right. We could talk to you all day long. You are such a great speaker and you have such great advice, but we only have time for one more question. Uh, we wanted to be sure and ask you this question because of your uh, extensive experience in risk management, but a very sensitive issue for paralegals is what to do if they believe their supervising attorney is engaging in ethical violations or committing malpractice. Uh, it's a very awkward bad, sensitive position to be in. What do you suggest to paralegals who find themselves in this situation? Well, of course, we first must be very in touch with what our own ethics and values are, period. A lot of people are not, and we need to think about that. Then we need to know what the ethical rules are and make sure we've done our homework correctly, as we would for any case of our clients. Once we have our own values, ethics uh, solidly uh, understood with ourselves and we know we've done our homework about the rules we think are being broken or the malpractice issue that uh, we're calling malpractice, then we should try to talk with the attorney in question. A memo form is another good way. We've had great success in doing that, again, with stricter time limits there to follow through. Um, and after a fair amount of time of talking and or memo about the issue with the attorney, then you would have to go, if there's no, no response from the attorney, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, choking up there. We would need to go to the legal administrator if the firm has one, and that's proper to do so in the pecking order, or to another partner. If there is no partner, uh, if it's a solo attorney, it's a tough decision, tougher decision there, but there are usually people at, at your bar associations that can be contacted, a person like myself, to help guide them of what to do next. And then you may even get to the decision if still nothing's done, it's a tough decision, but are you going to stay and work in that kind of environment or not? Personal decision then. That is great advice, Nancy. Uh, Vicki and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to participate in today's podcast. If our listeners want to contact you, what is the best way to reach you? Uh, email would be a great way, nbj at nbjconsulting.com. 
they are welcome to try me on my phone. Um, easier said than done, I know that, to reach me, but that number is 828-260-5115. If they want to go straight to my website, you can go to the contact form on my website at lawbusinesstips.com and contact me that way. However you do it, I look forward to it and, and very much appreciate today sharing the afternoon with all of you, too. Thanks for what you do each and every day out there. Thanks, Nancy. Now, if any of our listeners have questions about today's show, you can send them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break and come back with some paralegal news and announcements. We'll be right back. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. And Lynn, I just returned from the 35th Annual Convention of the National Association of Legal Assistants in Jacksonville, Florida. And as I was discussing a a myriad of issues with paralegals there, I was reminded that we all need to be sure we meet the qualifications adopted in our individual jurisdictions so that our work can be included in fee petitions and allowed, you know, in the recovery process. For example, California Business and Professions Code Section 6450 requires any person working as a paralegal to certify completion of four hours of mandatory continuing legal education in legal ethics and also four hours of MCLE in either general law or in an area of specialized law. And that has to happen every two years. And then in Michigan, Rule 2.626 of the Michigan Court Rules uh, says that an award of fees may include an award for the time and labor of any paralegal so long as the paralegal meets the criteria set forth in the state bar's bylaws. So every paralegal needs to know the qualifications in his or her state and be sure that they comply, because otherwise fees for paralegal time just may not be allowed. Good point, Vicki. And I think uh, any of our listeners, um, I think taking an ethics CLE once a year, you should just do it for yourself and just to keep up. Um, I'm going to switch to social media. And I enjoyed your tweets from the convention. Uh, I was very jealous. I'm going to talk a little bit about... um, how to find new feeds for your RSS feed reader. I hope that many of our listeners are already using an RSS feed reader to keep up with their favorite blogs, news feeds, and websites. Because Google Reader is extremely popular, I'm going to share a tip about how to find new sources of content. Uh, Once you set up your reader, check out the recommended items and recommended sources over on the left-hand column, our left-hand side of your computer screen. Uh, Based on your existing feed, 
feeds and interests, Google will make recommendations for other posts and internet sources that you might like. Uh, some of the funniest content I see every day, because I like funny content, I think Google knows that, uh, comes in my recommended items feed. Um, also, check out the blog rolls at your favorite sites. Chances are you're going to like some of the same content that your favorite bloggers like. Excellent tips. That's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. Don't forget to check out the show notes on our blogs, practicalparalegalism.com and paralegalmentor.com. This is Lynn Devaney. And this is Vicki Voison, thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. It's officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.